0: Nearly all of our struggling kids have gone through some kind of a terrible childhood trauma that damaged them emotionally. Even though the traumatic event may have ended many years ago, the person may still be damaged today. Since the trauma is not currently ongoing, this means that they are currently suffering now from something from the past. That's why it's called PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. PTSD is a current illness, even though the traumatic events ended long ago. As we learn more about PTSD, you will discover how many symptoms your struggling child may have, and then you will realize that this is the real illness that your dear child is suffering from. As we go through this, please raise your hand if you feel that this explains your struggling child or student for the teachers. I call this the 10 machus plagues of PTSD. Feeling unsafe, not being able to trust anyone or anything, deep anxiety and worry, feeling insecure and different than anyone else, everyone else, being numb to feelings of emotional feelings and spiritual connection, a deep sense of loneliness, constant regret, deep inner shame and disconnect from Hashem, broken self-esteem and self-loathing, hopelessness and helplessness. In order for any child to... To mature into becoming a healthy adult, they must go through their life with a subconscious internal feeling of, I am safe. As they're four, five, eight, ten, twelve, everything that happens, they just internally need to feel, I'm safe. If you always think like at any moment that you're gonna be shot at, and you're always going around with that fear that I'm not safe, you cannot mature properly. When something traumatic happens to a child, this basic core feeling of being safe, can become damaged and they may find themselves constantly having an uneasy feeling brewing inside of them this can cause them to become clingy sad fearful and restless they can't describe what it is inside of them that's bothering them but it's because the cherished the the fundamental problem that they have is they don't feel safe they don't feel that they can trust that everything is okay, and everything will be okay, and then they begin to have a deep sense of worry. A lot of our kids, they have worry. Like they're 100 years old, and the whole whole world is on top of them. Growing up, I'm talking about. They have this worry. Once in this state, they can find themselves dealing with a myriad of unwanted, negative, depressing, and frightening thoughts and emotions... That can leave them feeling like they are constantly struggling to maintain control, hold on, stay safe, stay sane, and try just to be like everyone else. Just be normal. While a child's normal life is meant to be very simple, a traumatized child's life is extremely complicated. As their mind becomes flooded with unwanted thoughts and emotions, constantly challenging the basic stability of life, such as, am I safe? Am I a normal person? Is this life a safe place for me? Do my parents understand what I'm going through? Am I like everyone else? Can I trust anyone? These thoughts and feelings can overwhelm your child's young brain. Let me describe to you what, might, what they might feel like if they could express themselves. And just think about it if this applies to you. This is what they would say. I can't describe what I'm feeling. It's just so weird. Am I weird? I don't think so. But how come I feel so different? Everyone else seems to be enjoying life. Why can't I? As normal home life and school life swirls around me, I feel lost. I feel like an outsider. I feel like an alien put into the room. I look like everyone else, but I'm not like them. How come no one notices how I feel and what I'm going through? Am I invisible? Or maybe I just don't matter to them. Everyone around me seems to not even notice all of my deep issues. I have no one to share them with because I can't even put them into words. Even when I try to express that something is bothering me and I'm not feeling well, they don't believe me. They think I'm just a complainer. They think I'm a hypochondriac. They think I'm a manipulator, just trying to get out of going to school, going to whatever I'm supposed to go to. They think I'm lazy. Am I? I guess that's what I must be. Am I making all of this stuff up? Am I crazy? I thought my stomach really hurts but nobody believes me. I told them I can't fall asleep, but their advice is, just try harder. And then they say, well, of course you can't fall asleep if you keep coming out of bed all the time. And when I cry to Hashem to please help me fall asleep, and I still can't, I come out of my room and they tell me, you're fighting it. You don't want to really fall asleep. I already said Shema three extra times, but Hashem Hashem still doesn't allow me to fall asleep. Why doesn't Hashem listen to my prayers? Does He care about me? I guess He doesn't, because I'm so bad. I really don't feel well but since I have no fever and no broken bones that can show up on an x-ray, no one understands me, believes me, or is able to help me. I may get a half-hearted hug or a shrug or even criticism like, why can't you just do what you're supposed to do? Why do you always need to be different? What's your problem now? Can't you just do what you're supposed to do? But regardless of the reaction that I get, I'm just sent right back to bed, back to class, back to camp, back to recess, back to davening, back to wherever I was supposed to be if I was a normal, healthy kid and nothing was wrong with me. But I don't feel like a normal, healthy kid and something is definitely wrong with me. This makes me feel even more worried, hopeless, and like I'm very different than everyone else around me. I feel like there's just something deeply wrong with me. I don't feel comfortable in my own skin. I'm always worried. I feel numb somewhere deep inside of me, yet I don't have the words to explain it to anyone, which leaves me feeling so incredibly lonely. I may be in a room full of people, or in yeshiva or in camp with hundreds of kids, yet I constantly find myself feeling all alone in this world. I feel like I'm trying to survive this thing called life, which everyone else seems to think is not only easy, but even enjoyable, and yet my deep sense of sadness and hopelessness makes my every breath feel labored. Can you relate to that? This is the way our kids feel. Even though he's trying so hard to keep himself going and to keep it together, he may lash out or say or do something to cause hurt and distress to others. Other times he'll act out and do something that goes against his own core belief system, his own midos, his gitzgait, his goodness, or his own religious beliefs. And of course, he does not mean to do it and is immediately filled with regret afterwards. Yet he can't seem to control himself. And his life becomes full of deep regret as he constantly fails. He will find himself thinking over and over what he could have done differently, what he should have done differently, which leads to a state of hopelessness and misery. He will worry and fret about things and imagine all sorts of things going wrong. And even when things are finally going right, he may find himself worrying about them just in case. What if? And then there is the deep sense of shame. Victims of childhood trauma feel deep shame. They may be plagued by this for many years without even identifying it as shame. They may feel shame because they blame themselves for the abuse, abuse, like they think, he wouldn't have punished me if I would have behaved better, it's my fault. Or because they feel such humiliation at having been abused, I feel like such, such a wimp for not defending myself. While those who were sexually abused tend to suffer the most shame, Those who suffered from physical, verbal, or emotional abuse blame themselves as well. In the case of child sexual abuse, no matter how many times they hear the words, it's not your fault, the chances are high that he still blames himself in some way for being submissive, for not telling someone, for allowing the abuse to continue, for enticing the abuser with behavior or dress, or because perhaps he even felt some physical pleasure or enjoyed the attention of the abusive act. And shame can lead to self-hate, and an abusive relationship with himself can start to become a reality. He may find himself becoming estranged from others as he finds ways to numb his brain and become disconnected from life. The more he does those things, which he knows is wrong, the deeper his shame is, And that triggers the hopelessness, the helplessness. It's like a vicious cycle. This is followed by guilt for constantly doing bad things. And when he realizes the path of self-destruction he's on and the consequences and impacts of his own actions, and yet still does not stop acting out, he's left with guilt. He actually may believe that he really can stop. And since he's not stopping, he must be truly bad and evil. So they convince themselves that they have the ability to stop, because isn't that what we all learn? Shem doesn't give you any nesayun that you can't overcome. So I'm just lazy. I'm just bad, because I could overcome it. Even though the stipler said that that's not true. The stipler said, and Rabbi Israel Reisman said in a speech, that we're ruining our kids by telling them this. Because even the Reb Tzaddik and other sfarim say, sometimes a person is thrown into a Nisayan that he cannot overcome because Hashem wants him to go down into the depths of whatever for whatever reason. How could we think that you can face any Nisayan? None of us are today like the God Adar. Don't what's stopping you? You can't. Someone gets hit by a truck, by a car, and he's in a wheelchair, you're gonna tell him any challenge you have, you can overcome. Start walking. There are emotional breakdowns. A person who's depressed is a chayla nefesh. A person who has emotional breakdowns, who's abused, who's traumatized, cannot function normally. And it's a crime and cruel that we don't raise our kids to understand that because we think that they're going to abuse us and manipulate it and use it as an excuse. And meanwhile, our kids who are hurting are hurting so bad. And they think, I really could do better. So why do I keep on acting out this way? Must be I'm bad. Must be, I'm evil, and they use this against themselves. And then, with the deep sense that he is bad, he may feel that he doesn't deserve anything. He doesn't deserve pleasure. He doesn't indes- deserve fun. Not trust. Not friendship. Not enjoyment. Not life. And certainly, certainly not your love. He thinks, "Oh, if you knew the real me, you would hate me." Then he will come to believe that he certainly doesn't deserve to receive love and mercy from Hashem. After all, he believes that he is truly an evil sinner. He has no self-control, he has terrible midos, and he's constantly sinning against Hashem. This path may lead him to conclude that he doesn't believe in God and that life has no meaning. Also, very sad to understand that our kids who went through child abuse, any kind of abuse that was traumatic and ongoing, they daven to Hashem. They kiss the mezuzah. They say, Hashem, please help me that this person should stop hurting me or that I should remember. A lot of kids study and they don't do well on tests. And they daven to Hashem. Kids have learning disabilities that are n- nobody even knows about. And they keep on davening to Hashem. Help me, I should learn. Help me, help me, help me. They daven more than va'aschanon. Many kids daven more than va'aschanon that Moshe Rabbeinu davened. Some of them daven for years. And then it comes to a point where they feel... Nobody's listening to me. And Hashem sent me to be abused. Hashem sent me to be molested. Hashem did this. And we we constantly tell them everything is from Hashem, which is true. And they can't process this. Why should I serve a God that sent someone to ruin my life when I was a little innocent kid? How many tefillas that they have? It's very hard for us to understand this and to hear this. But if you are listening to their pain, they cry out and they say, Why didn't he listen to me? What did I ask for? I daven to Hashem to help me daven better, to help me learn better, to protect me. I wanted to be an er Erelechid, and Hashem didn't answer me. And I know this is a fact, speaking to hundreds of these kids. They davened. It didn't just one day they wake up, I'm an atheist. They come to a conclusion, there cannot be a God, because if there is, then he's, I can't understand how he could hurt me so bad. And that causes them to feel so alone in this world, Because if there's no God, then life has no meaning. There's no afterlife. There's no purpose. Where are we going? What's it all for? What is the purpose of all of this? Sadness and depression slowly creep up on him till he just doesn't have the energy to care about anything or anyone anymore. Life just stinks. And he feels powerless to do anything about it. He just can't shake off a feeling of doom and gloom no matter how he tries. A deep sadness fills him. He may be hit badly with insomnia and nightmares. Our traumatized kids do not sleep well. We learned that here over and over again when parents ended up somehow on vacation or something being in the same room as their kids and they're listening to their kids sleep. What is the one thing that all teenagers and young adults have in common? They sleep. Anybody remember life in yeshiva? A bagel, cream cheese, right? Twelve hours, no, not a problem. Friday night sleep. Teenagers shouldn't be able to sleep. Our kids kreech like 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 old men and women in pain. Oy, oy! This is a fact. This is a reality. They cry out in pain a whole night. If you have if you could put a monitor in your kid's room and don't get caught, you'll hear it. Our kids don't sleep. So of course they're scared to go to sleep. We look forward to go to sleep. Sleeping is ease. Ah. They are scared because at night the demons come out the thoughts the nightmares a kid told me that he's he's his neighbors constantly knocking on his door in the middle of the night are you okay are you okay because they hear him shrieking he's reliving terrible traumatic events terrible his life was ruined and he re- comes out so he of course he tries to stay up as long as he can and then because they stay up as long as they can they finally plots because then you fall into a deep sleep at least for a few hours and in their sleep they crash And then concentration problems develop from poor sleep quality. His mind working overtime all the time. Our kids don't suffer from being dumb. They're thinking all the time, constantly thinking, thinking. How many kids said, I need something to stop my brain? Something needs to stop my brain, doesn't stop working, right? Triggers of the trauma. They become easily distracted. They become unable to focus properly. They're zoning out of life. They have distractibility and high anxiety levels. Memory problems can exist to the point where everything is just one big fog. We had a a 15 year old girl who grew up from, till a few months before she was from, she asked her father, what comes first for Shoshana Yom Kippur? They don't remember? How could you not remember? It's like a big fog. Because if you have migraines for 10 years and you go to school and you can't get rid of those migraines, you're not going to remember anything. Everything is just a big fog. You remember a a little bit that you need to to pass your test and you're not feeling, you're not living. This is what PTSD does to our kids. Recall problems can carry over to not remembering important dates where things are left. And we think, oh, you're walking around like a chicken without a head. Yeah? Yeah? And this is as they're growing up, even before we know what's wrong with them. When someone has PTSD, trust can be hard to maintain or reestablish. He may feel edgy and find it hard to relax, and may find it difficult to communicate, both verbally and nonverbally. There are so many negative thoughts spinning around in his head, it's not unusual to have low self-esteem and feel worthless at times. In addition, when we uh, when we adults get frustrated at him about something, he feels... That this thing that's bothering you is so insignificant compared to what I'm really going through. I'm worried about life and death. I'm worried about future. And you're worried about whatever that thing is. It's so insignificant compared to his real true fears and worries that he begins to hate those things that cause you to not be happy with him. You're not happy with me because you're hassling me over this. I hate that thing that's causing you to hassle me when I'm in so much pain. And therefore, he builds many shittas that are anti-social, anti-religious, anti-everything, anti-anything that was used against him to cause him pressure, to criticize him, to make him feel bad while he was suffering. It's like somebody has a bum knee, and you don't know that they have a bum knee, and you keep on telling them, come, let's walk, we have to go on the treadmill, we have to go to the gym. They will hate that, it will become a trigger And all of this is happening without you even knowing what's wrong with your kid. Hopelessness comes along when it seems like nothing else is ever going to make him feel better. He's trying to get better. He's trying to work on himself. They're trying to get their life together. They tried so many things without you even knowing it. You only see when they fail. But you know how many things they did until that point? Motivating themselves, let me try again. Next week's going to be better. So many times that they fail, and they feel like, I'm running out of options. Helplessness occurs when he feels completely terrified, overwhelmed, overpowered, or outnumbered by the enormity of the situation in which he finds himself in. He believes that he has no future, he has no way out of this problem, and he will never, ever lead a normal, healthy life. Your dear child may have some or all, of these unwanted dark and confusing thoughts and emotions swirling around in his head all the time. And he may feel like he's drowning underwater and gasping for air to survive. And yet perhaps the most frustrating and painful thing is the fact that while he's going through all of this, nobody around him understands what he's going through at all. This can go on for years, where they feel like they're dying inside, they're struggling And everyone's busy with their own life, and everybody just sees, come on, why can't you get ready? Come on, why can't you go to school? Why don't you remember? And they don't even understand what he's going through. And that causes them to lose hope in us, to lose hope in society and in the world, and to continue feeling more and more different than everybody else. In fact, all they really see is that we look at them as lazy, selfish, not thinking, not sharp, not smart, not caring, not helpful, which the saddest part is the exact opposite of who they really are. These are really thinking, caring, helpful, wonderful, sweet souls that would do anything to make you happy. And by the time they're struggling for a couple of years with what we're going through, our conclusion is the exact opposite of everything that they really are. When they know how you feel about them, It is the most frustratingly painful thing in the world, and it makes them want to die. Psychological trauma can leave your child struggling with upsetting emotions, memories, and anxiety that just won't go away. It can also leave him feeling numb, disconnected, and unable to trust anyone. When normal bad things happen, it can take a while to get over the pain and feel safe again. Normal bad things that any normal person gets over For them, it could be a major problem because they're already dealing with so much. It's interesting because all the kids on the street trust each other. And they all say, don't trust any adult. Why? Because they understand each other. They've all been judged wrongfully by all the adults in their life. So they feel those people out there Right? with all their success and their cars and their homes and everything, they don't understand us, they don't trust us, they don't like us, and they don't have our best interest. Why? Because when I was seven, eight, nine, ten, all those years, and I said, I don't want to go to school, mommy said, you have to go to school. When I said, I don't want to go to camp, daddy said, you got to go to camp. I don't want to go on the bus. He said, you have to go on the bus. And Rabbi said, this is not because you're bad. It's a trap from Hashem. You thought... He's a regular kid. Regular kids, you say, come on, you'll be fine. You push them to go. Ask every mother. Kid doesn't want to go to school. You either carry them on, throw them on the bus, right? Or you bribe them or you give them a lolly. You get that kid on the bus. Otherwise, you're out of business. Every day, you'll have eight kids at home not going by bus. After the kid's on the bus, you go home. You have a coffee. I did well. My job is done. But if there's a kid who didn't want to go on the bus because he's being bullied on the bus... If there's a kid who didn't want to go on the bus because there's an older boy that's playing with him on the bus, you have no way of knowing. And you give the same treatment. We're not in a VM. But from the child's perspective, this little kid is saying, Why didn't you trust me? I said, I don't want to go to camp. What do you mean? We already gave the deposit. Everybody goes to camp. It's not normal not to go to We give him all the stuff. But if he's being molested in camp, or he's scared or he's scared, or he has a reason why he can't go, we can't afford to trust him. So we're doing our best. But think about it from their perspective. They realize and they conclude, I can't trust mommy. I can't trust daddy. I can't trust adults. They have a different agenda. And especially if we ever, ever pressured them in the name of Hashem. You can't go out like that you have after this, you have after that. Then they, they realize, you don't care about me. You care about this Hashem guy. And I have so much pain in my life because of Hashem. There can't be a Hashem. I'm out. It's not because we're bad, but I'm here to explain to you how they feel. So when normal bad things then happen, and we're like, what's the big deal? Get over it. So you missed your ride. So you didn't. Well, what's the big deal? It's such a big deal. It takes them very long to get over stuff because they have so much already happening in their mind. Anger may be lurking under the surface and can be triggered even by small things and burst forth, burst out as rage. After the rage bursts out, he'll feel like a stupid idiot. He knows he got angry for no reason. He doesn't know how to act properly. And this will again trigger his deep sense of regret, shame and hopelessness. I don't feel like I can actually be out there in the world. I don't know how to act well. I don't know what's wrong with me. If we understand all of these makas, the ten makas of PTSD, we can now begin to understand that PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, is a horrific illness that your child may have been suffering from for many years due to the damage done to his brain from the actual event and from all of the above feelings that come from being traumatized, as the famous saying goes, PTSD. It's not that the person is refusing to let go of the past. Rather, the past is refusing to let go of the person. May Hashem give all of our traumatized souls suffering from PTSD a rufuah shalema bekar of mamish. I wrote this. What do you think I do all day? And that's what TP does. TP rebuilds safety. You can be safe around us. You don't have to dress up like somebody else. You can be you. Don't dress up. Don't just be you. It rebuilds the safety. It rebuilds every single piece of PTSD. And this is what we did by accident. This is what we're doing by accident. These kids feel unsafe. You could be safe around me. But I bashed up the car. I love you more than my car. I don't trust anybody. You can trust me. You're not going to turn on me? I'm not going to turn on you. But, but I did such a terrible thing. Fill in the blank of the stuff that your kids do. Some of it is very, very bad. It's temporary. Look ten years from now. Our kids recover, Be'ezus Hashem. I trust you. I build up trust. The time that you build up trust is when you're the most disappointed and the kid needs something from you that you don't think you can do and you say, I trust you. When they mess up, like so many speeches we have about that, you can repair the, the ripped out trust inside of them. Deep anxiety and worry. When you're having fun with your parents, the anxiety levels go down. We have so many kids who are on medication. Look at them a few years after TP, and they're not on medication anymore. It's unbelievable. Feeling insecure and different than everyone else goes away when everybody's putting their arm around you, and they don't look at our differences. Everybody has a beard and pay us, and you come in without a beard and pay us, and we don't notice. Everybody at the Shabbos table is wearing clothing, and you're not, and we don't notice we take away the feeling of insecurity feeling different the khape is that once you feel like everybody else you actually start acting like everybody else because it gets repaired being numb to feelings emotion feeling emotions and spiritual connections when you having pleasure the opposite of pain is pleasure there is no trauma center in the world there is no treatment method in the world that i ever heard of that says inject your child's brain with pleasure why not They had a million ounces, or whatever, we have to think of a word for it, of pain, of thoughts, of negativity, and worry, and pain, and depression. Why not give them pleasure? We had a a father that came here. He said, my son is suicidal. So I said, listen, the regular world will tell you, call 911. I'm not arguing with them. I don't want to, I don't know, chas shalom, you know. I don't want to take responsibility. He says, I don't want to call 911, because every time we did that in the past, it made him worse. So what should we do? I said, well, go to Disney World. Nobody kills themselves in Disney World. He booked a flight. He went to Disney. It's now. It's not a joke. It's, it's n- um, nine years later. The kid is alive, happy, stable. I have a picture of the family. Now, I'm not going to tell you everybody who's suicidal should go to Disney World and someone's going to say, hey, it didn't work. But when you fill, go, go before they're suicidal. Don't wait for them to be on top of the building. I got a call last night at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, typical text. You know, can we talk? I send back my standard. Hi, I'm sorry. I'm only available if it's pikuach nefesh. Is this your situation? I'm not a parent. I'm 21. What's going on? I want to kill myself. So I took the call, and I said, "I'm sorry. I don't deal with kids anymore. I, I, I'm not trained. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not doing that. I'm working with parents, and I don't deal with girls or women ever." So I spoke to her for an hour just to get her not to kill herself. I found a rub that she knew that she once spoke to. I hooked them up. She said, I'm staring at my pills. I already tried swallowing last week a bunch of them. It didn't kill me. I'm, I'm ready to do it. Why should I live? Why should I live? She's from. She's in Baisakam. She goes, uh, if I go and take my skirt off, everyone's going to understand to treat me nicely. I don't want to do that. I'm from. But I want to die. Tremendous pain out there. Tremendous, tremendous pain out there. If we can fill their brains with pleasure... You don't want to die. A deep sense of loneliness. We know what that's like. We have kids who are in in a room for two years. We have kids who are all alone for years. But when you're going on flights and you're putting pictures out there on Facebook and whatever, oh, I'm in Cancun with my mommy, I'm I'm out with my friends and my brothers, my sisters, my aunts, my uncles, that's why we meet the whole family. Then you take away their sense of loneliness. Why do they feel lonely? Because they don't look like us. We're so foolish. Because now they're not sneers and they don't look like us, we're going to make them feel lonely. That's not going to bring them back. So we bring them in, even if they act. Adarabah. The more crazy they look and act, the more Khavershaft they need. The more they need to be brought into the circle. You parents are unbelievable. When you make weddings and you dance with your kid in the middle, even though it looks like the whole family's dancing and also and there's a waiter right in the middle, and you don't care, because this is your kid, and then they don't feel lonely. And the, the regret stops. The shame goes away. The disconnection from Hashem, all of a sudden, they, years later, they forget that they're not from, all of a sudden, a bracha slips out. A- amen slips out. Because not in a war with anybody. This helps the self-esteem, the self-loathing. It takes away the hopelessness and the helplessness, as we've seen. And as is Hashem, that's our medicine, that's our treatment method. And that's what Home Sweet Home did by accident. We had every kid come in, come in, come in, and we, by accident, just by making them feel like, you're amazing, VIP, go out every night and have fun, the kids turn their lives around. It's amazing if if they would, if the world would understand, no, still go to the rehabs, the rehabs. I'm not against that. But what's the success of the rehabs? What was our success? And yet people will open up more and more rehabs. Why aren't they opening up more and more home sweet homes, which had a model that had 100% success rate? None of our kids ever went back to the street. <coughs> None of our kids are hoodlums. None of our kids are, uh, um, went back to drugs. None of them went back to be a, a, a drug addict like when they can We had a kid who came to me, he was doing cocaine. That's bad. Besides for weed and not frum and all of that, cocaine. He moved in September 4th, 2004. He's now married. He's from. I have a cousin of mine that he told me he got a job for this guy and this and this industry. That's his boss. My cousin is working for my home sweet home kid from 15 years ago, who has a big company, and he has a wife and kids, and he's from, and he's clean, and he's, he's a boss. We have Baruch we have a chat at Home Sweet Home, we have Nachas, we have Enekluch. And most of the kids also left the program from. Most, almost 100%, like 95%. So it's all together. Yismach lev, mevach Hashem. So by accident, we treated PTSD. How do you treat PTSD? TP. And the sad part is that so much advice that other parents are getting ignores all of this, because the kids will still feel hopeless and helpless and full of regret and shame and lonely without TP. And those parents also love their kids, but they're told, love them, but don't accept them, but don't support them, but don't encourage them, but don't buy and don't supply. But their problem of PTSD remains fully. Even if you're nice, in my house you can't dress like this. It's like they got hit by a car, but in my house we don't go with a wheelchair. You understand, for the other kids, I don't want them to all end up in wheelchairs. So please, for the sake, Bobby's coming, she's going to have a heart attack if she sees the way you dress. So please, you know, you understand, you understand. The way that they're acting, their lack of tzniahs and normalcy, is because of their machla. You don't heal the machla by controlling the behavior. And that's the mistake of the world. They think that they're bad and you have to control them. Heal them. Heal them with your closeness, with your NKN, your Nafshik Shur B'Nafshay, with your fun, plugging their life with tremendous fun. They want you. They want to have fun. First step is to get the relationship so they'll go with you. And the second step is as much fun as you could possibly do, without advice, without criticism, without anything. Just nurture the piece of them that's broken, the PTSD. Hashem should help all of your kids should have a full shleima. We should have a tremendous amount of Yiddish Anachas from all of them. This is Avi Fisher from Twisted Parenting. To be added to my broadcast, please send a WhatsApp request to 718 902